This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. I want the whole world spin my record. Shero, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Ho! Shorty girl, fed the death and I'm massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat concert cause I massage. I coming through about a whole kind of loud. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amon Hawkins. I appreciate you taking time out your day to listen to the latest episode of the show. And I know, I know, people, I know it's been a minute since I did a basketball recap. Well, I'm here. All right. I realize, you know, my guy Ty Jerome and all them gone. And I've been focused on the NBA and I've been focusing on the NFL draft and I've been doing all these one on one interviews. And I'm just like, yo, Ball Hawk, you cheating the basketball fans. You ain't done a day going recap since, I don't know, the last game was it Boston College? It was one, I, it's been a long time since I did a basketball recap. And I, you know, Bonner did Kite let me know. He was like, my man, like, when you gonna do another recap for basketball? You used to be consistent. Now you inconsistent when it comes to basketball. And you're right. So I'm gonna hold myself accountable. Shame on you, Ball Hawk. I'm blaming Patty Hawk. It's his fault. Yes, I just blamed you, Patty Hawk. Who cares? They can't hear you. I turned your mic down. Before we get started, man, make sure you go to Aberinsurance.net. Aberinsurance, service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. That's home, business, auto, life insurance. Any insurance need that you need to take care of and have peace of mind, go to Aberinsurance.net. Proud sponsor of the Ball Hawk Show podcast. Also, if you love shirts, you love gear, you want to support the movement known as Shut the Hell Up Juice, go to sthujuice.com. Get your Shut the Hell Up Juice apparel. Also, Petty Hawk shirts and sweatshirts are available on the site. That's sthujuice.com. Quick turnaround. You get your stuff quick, fast, in a hurry. Hey, and if you want to hit me up directly, go to amahawkins.com. Go to the contact uh section of the website and hit me up it goes right to my email and i'm very interactive as, as you guys know so twitter instagram at i am ball hawk facebook my hawk and speech to everybody the facebook groups everybody on twitter the twitter groups that i'm part of yo man i definitely appreciate the support so let's jump right into it we got to talk basketball i'm giving you a two for one i know you just thought we was doing a miami recap but it's like an Easter egg. I'm giving you two for one. I'm going to talk about the Duke game too. Because you know what? The basketball team got every right to feel some type of way towards me. Because I've been cheating, y'all. I ain't been doing a lot of recaps in basketball, you know. I got a lot of irons in the fire. I'm doing so many things. But I'm forgetting what got me to the level that I am right now. Not saying I'm at a high level. But it's a level that's pretty, pretty good. And it's because I used to recap. All the basketball games, just like football games. A lot of people don't realize I try to be a basketball aficionado. I know a little bit, muy poco, just a little bit of basketball. And I feel like I could bring that heat. I know I'm talking real fast. So let me take a breath. All right. Let's get back into it. That's how you know I feel bad for not doing basketball recaps. I'm like really 
hype right now. I'm talking too fast, so I need to calm down, sit down, hold on. And we got to talk about the Duke game. Can we get a round of applause for, and no, I'm not hitting no buttons. I need y'all to just do a round of applause right now for J-Huff versus Duke. He was out of his mind. Out of his mind. That's how you protect the rim. For now on, J-Huff, that's how you protect the rim. Ten blocks. I don't need ten blocks. Three or four do. I'm talking about give me one of them SWAT teams to the second row. But ten blocks, that was OD. That was OD. I love it, Jay Huff. In 29 minutes, 15 points. Yes, you scored buckets too. You was dunking. People don't realize how athletic this uh, unicorn is, as they call them, the unicorn. Jay Huff, you you use a dog. Every time we play Duke, you is a dog. You know what I'm saying? I know I said user. Hey, it's a little bit of a twang slang, but Jay Huff was phenomenal. Mama Diakite, the Mr. Consistency man himself, had 14 points versus Duke. He had five rebounds as well. Braxton Key, he had 14 points. He tried to play some point guard. He had six turnovers trying to play point guard. He really only got one hand. That left hand ain't truly uh, uh, healed up like it should be. Like, we see it. We see you, Braxton. I, I love what you're trying to do. Trying to, you know, show your jack of all trades. He played a little bit of point guard because... Duke was not going to let Kihei Clark initiate the offense. That's very smart. Um, you know, very astute guys. Trey Jones, one of the top defenders in the ACC. They was denying Kihei the ball. And it was like, somebody else got to be a playmaker. And Braxton raised his hands like, who can make a play? I can. And that comes with the territory. If you guys don't remember the first game that Kihei Clark started, in which he was the primary ball handler last year when Ty Jerome side out was the Miami game. And lo and behold, he had six turnovers. And look at this. Kihei was called upon to be one of the main ball handlers. And he had a lot of turnovers. So that gets me to bring out a glass of shut the hell up juice to all the folks who has an issue with Kihei Clark and his turnovers because Braxton Key demonstrated it's hard work initiating the offense when you're playing for the Cavaliers and ain't them dogs is on you. Okay. It's difficult. We've been spoiled, and I hate to keep doing this. We, we were very spoiled with a Ty Jerome. We've been very spoiled with point guards that got through their growing pains, and all you remember is the diamond. You forgot when they were the cold, and they went through all the fire, and it was getting cut up, and it became that polished diamond that we love to brag about. You know what I'm saying? Cali Swag was the same way. Malcolm Brogdon was the same way. We all don't remember when they turn the ball over a lot and when people didn't really approve of them handling the ball a lot. Kihei's going through that right now and his is magnified and Kihei's will always be magnified because Kihei is already a national champion within one year. Oh, and might I add, it was like, oh, who is this guy when we started recruiting him? And he's diminutive. So it's like, you following Cali Swag and then Ty Jerome. That's tough as a point guard here. That's hey man, you talking about Parentes, who's a guy that's been going back and forth between the D League and the NBA and overseas. Then you got Cal, not Cal guy. I mean, we throw Cal guy in there who who also took care of the ball, but he was more of a shooter. But then you got Ty Jerome, who was an avatar. He's six five, six six, playing point guard here. Mister Reliable, Mister Big Shot, Mister Big Pass, Mister Ice in his veins from New York. You know what I'm saying? And now you got a kid who 5'8 on a good day. Asking him to be a six foot five avatar every day, every night. And I know people saying, you know, I'm not saying all, no, that's what we saying. 
that's how the mind works people that's that's just how it works you know it's football about to run into it with Bryce Perkins leading Brendan Armstrong can he fill the shoes of Bryce Perkins no he can create the shoes of Brendan Armstrong though but that's just what we do when somebody leaves we expect them to fill the void and be what the person was before them and that's not fair okay so that's when we gotta calm down sit down hold on but back to the recap of the Duke game because this is a two for one since I've been negating my boys that play that round ball versus Duke played inspired top 10 team coming to your hometown nobody expect you to win underdog role easy to get up for gotta do like Jay Huff how dare you not recruit me I'm over 7 feet I'm super athletic I could dunk from the free throw line I'm about to smack all your shots and I'm gonna scream on you and I'm gonna dunk on you Mr. Ratatouille over there Mr. Splinter where the turtles at you know what I'm saying and I'm talking about Coach K the dude that's always mad with the, the worst sportsmanship but hey he got he got he got banners you can't hold him accountable so I expected us to come out and play Inspire versus Duke when the game was ugly uh, we kept chipping away Not letting them get too far away I didn't expect us to get far away from them As the game started coming to crunch time The refs played a role with some ticky-tack fouls But at the end of the day When they threw the ball into their best inside guy We did a great job of not getting called for a foul Because I felt like Momney might have hit him And then Jay Huff cleaned it up And we won the ball game <laughs> You feeling great You beat Duke that's not something that surprises me anymore because of where our program is at. So it's not like we're going to rush the court. It's not like we're going to, you know, party at Boiling Heights and like we've never been here before because we've been here before. But we understand that the team is in a, quote, rebuilding, retooled situation. We understand that a lot of guys have uh, had to develop on the fly and been asked to do things that, they wasn't prepared to do right now and coach is doing a lot of makeshifting and he's doing a lot of things schematically that's allowing guys to play to their strengths and uh, we're doing things we're not used to see the team doing as far as like turning the ball over not being to hit outside shots everything has to be hard everything has to be by the t you know by the book for us to score like you have to truly run your offense here to score because we don't have a guy that could truly just break down a defense and go one-on-one and create their own shot consistently and that's not a bad thing. It's just that that's how blessed we had been the past three or four years. So when you beat a team like Duke, what a quote makeshift team as people like, you know, this is Tony Bennett's best coaching season. This is why he's the coach of the year. It's like you're taking shots at the guys in a sense because you're saying like, hey, y'all really not that good. I think they're really good. I just think compared to the teams before them, they're not good when you put them on that stature but when you put them on this year's stature it's a damn good team they just look different they just got to score different got to play different the expectations got to be different when you see them you know you might got the ferrari with the vroom vroom but you realize you got a damn lexus it ain't the same vroom vroom still a nice car still luxury insurance still high but it ain't that dang on ferrari vroom vroom it's a lexus vroom vroom but it still look good we not ashamed. You still pull up in the front of a school. Like, it's shiny. That's just how it is with this team. So after you beat a team like Duke, what's the first thing you're going to say as a fan to make sure, you, you know, 
you 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 stand at the task at hand because you got two games left, right? You know the scenario. We need Florida State to lose. We still can win the ACC. Oh, what the hell is going on? We really got a chance to win the ACC. Who would have thought that we still got a chance to win the ACC? All that we've been through through the first eighteen games, we'll be like twelve and six. Oh my God! But look at us now. Look at me now. Look at me now. Now everybody believe, believe, believe. Not believe, believe, but they believe, believe, believe. So it's like, oh, but we need Florida State to lose one and we got to win out. So what does that mean? You know you got Miami. You know you got Louisville. What did you think that the theme was going to be for the Miami game? Trap game. You knew that theme was going to come out. Trap game, right? Because by the definition of a trap game, you got a very superior team playing a very inferior team. And you're expecting to win because you got a supremely dominated team waiting the game after. You know, if you if you type in what is a trap game, that's essentially what it is. I'm super high, you're super low, and I got another super high team waiting behind your little super low team self. So let me make sure I don't overlook you and lose to you because I'm looking at the team that's so big waiting behind you. Because it's a clash, right? It's a clash. We got things on the line. I didn't think this was a trap game. Honestly, because no matter how elevated this team is in standings and with the with the uh, concrete data as far as wins and losses, the mentality of this team is totally different from a team of a position in which they're in. So even though Virginia is fourth in the ACC right now in standings, they don't have that mentality like they fourth in the ACC. They don't have that mentality that they're getting the devil by. They don't have the mentality that they can still win the ACC and that they're so much better than everybody else. They know they come from the mud, so they got the mud mentality. And what I mean by come from the mud is they know they come from the bottom. They know that they have to work for everything. They know nothing's easy for them. They know that they've been winning close games and losing close games, but they've finally gotten it right during this win streak. And even though they're on a win streak, they're very humble about it. And that's why I didn't feel like this Miami game was a trap game. But as a fan, you got to set yourself up mentally that if this team lose, you can point to, see, I told you it was a trap game. So that's when I've learned over the years the fan mentality. So when I started seeing fans saying this is a trap game, even though I didn't agree with it, I understood why our fan base was doing that. Because you got to set yourself up just in case you get a hard fall. You got that nice pillow down there and it'll ease it. Because you could fall back on, well, you know, we won't go winning anyway. Because lo and behold, by the time we finished beating um, Miami and was set in stone, Florida State was already coming back versus Notre Dame. So it was like, gosh, you know what I'm saying? You you had that to fall back on. Because lo and behold, we lost to Miami and Florida State would have lost to Notre Dame. That would have been the talk of the town. But still the talk of the town after this game versus Miami, it's still Kihei Clark. Kihei Clark is always the talk of the town every single game, especially a game in which the team struggles. And let's just call a spade a spade. Anytime UVA struggles, the first person they look at at the box score is Kihei Clark. He's the person you love to hate on this team. He just is. He's the easiest rag. He, he's the punching bag, man. And, and I feel for the kid. I really do, man, because the kid gives you his all. He fights to the end. He's Mr. Reliable. As much as you want to hate I, and I'm not saying you hate from a place of malice, like you wish on you wish like ill things to happen for you, wishing to fail. Meaning, I, when I say hate, when it comes to Kihei, it's just it's so easy for you just to point the finger at him. And in the back of your mind, you know how much 
of a load he puts on those little shoulders, one of the smallest shoulders in the ACC. When it comes to offensive, like if I had advanced analytics, like when you look at like LeBron James or James Harden or Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you look at guys in the NBA and they always got the like the uh, the what is the PER or the usage rate, I would love to see his numbers as far as usage or like how much he has to have the ball in his hands to initiate the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not going to have a great like averages. He's not going to average a lot of points. He's going to average a lot of assists because he's also going to average a lot of turnovers. So people would say, oh, he got a lot of assists. You got those folks that dispel that and be like, well, look at his turnovers. Because he has, I think, 114 assists, but he has 72 turnovers, right? But when you look at the makeup of this team and the makeup of this, uh, the scheme that we run, and I know I'm not getting into it. I know I usually start up with numbers, man, but I figured this episode, I just break down a lot of the things, a lot of the discussions that's been going on as far as with the basketball uh, scene and the culture. Because everybody, you can look at numbers on your own. You go to virginiasports.com and you look at the box score all you want. I feel like I just really had to talk about this narrative because that's a lot of what I pride myself on, dispelling narratives that's created in the sports world, the easy narratives, right? And I feel like Kihei Clark is an easy narrative to be negative towards him. Even when you look at him versus Miami, right? Two of eight from the field, got foul trouble, only played 29 minutes, usually plays 38 to 39 minutes, had seven points, four turnovers to four assists. So somebody look at, oh, he had four turnovers to four assists. There you go again. It's a wash assist to uh, turnover ratio. Well, you know, Kihei's known for defense. Then you do uh, look like look, look at a guy like Chris Likes, had 16 points, was red hot, was making tough shots. So if you're looking at the box score and you didn't watch the game, you'd be like, oh, Kihei ain't give us nothing. In 29 minutes, he was 2-8 from the field, seven points. But then when you look at the game and you see his ability to get to the cup on pick and rolls and throw the alley-oops to Jay Huss, his ability to make the extra passes, his ability to make a timely three, his ability to take a timely charge, his ability to get a timely steal off a turnover, his ability just to get guys set up, whether offensively or defensively, his ability to hit the two late free throws because they're, they're – uh, the, the opponent made a boneheaded play because the coach was screaming about how he felt like one of his players got fouled on a drive who was going to hold for the last shot. And it unexpectedly fouled Kihei, our best free throw shooter. And he knocks both free throws down. It's one-on-ones. It's not a double bonus. But that's not going to be talked about because that's too easy, right? No, no, no. I, actually, that's too hard. It's too hard to give that kid credit because... At a diminutive size that he is going up against Giants each and every time. All we want to talk about is why is he going into the cup so much? He getting the shot block. Oh, my God, Kihei, take care of the ball. Oh, my God, this. Oh, my God, that. But then when you take a step back and you look at every time you turn around, when you play against the Virginia Cavaliers and you look at the the, uh, scouting report, the pros and cons of Virginia, it's like ball handlers, one, double zero, Kihei Clark. Yes, Braxton is an available ball handler. Well, the Tensei, not so much, right? Yes, Morsell could come off the bench. Yes, Statman. All those guys can't. I'm not saying that they can't dribble, okay? Somebody that's in college basketball can dribble. They can dribble basketball. But are you comfortable initiating the offense? Are you comfortable reading the screens, whether we're going to do a pin down, whether they're going to come off a curl, whether it's going to pop, whether it's going to be a flare? Are you available to see things two plays from now? 
in which you can anticipate a slip, a cut, a lob. So as much as we we want to place other guys in that role and say where they can run a point too, can they really? It's just like a backup quarterback in football. A backup quarterback is the most loved player until they become the starter. Because now you got that starter expectation. That's how it is for Kihei. Kihei is your starting quarterback, right? And you know, you see a backup on the bench. Like, man, play the backup because every time he come in, he do good. Until that backup becomes the starter and has the starter responsibilities, the starter's expectations. So Kihei has the expectations of a Tajerone right now. Is it unfairly? Just, is it is an unfair expectation? Absolutely. But he's a national champion. That's what comes with it. Because he's demonstrated he can perform at a high level. So, in a sense, I don't feel bad for Kia because to me, that's everybody holding him at the highest expectation. We're talking about a first round draft choice, a six foot five, savvy, silky point guard in Ty Jerome. Or even if you compared him to his Cali Capadre, London Parentes, that's still high praise because London was very sure with the basketball late in his career. So we're comparing him to late career players, polished players. He's still a cold. He's not a diamond yet. So yeah, he got to take his cut. Yeah, he got to take this five. But I, I keep everything in perspective when it comes to Kia Clark. Because in any constructive criticism I give a player on my podcast, it's met with love and it's met with that greatness expectation. I'm not tearing them down. I'm chopping them to build them. I'm planting that seed in them. The whole time, I'm, I'm, it's water going over their head. Because all I'm doing is slicing them open, putting seeds in them. And it's water always being poured on them so they can grow. So that's the difference between my mindset. And I see some fans. Fans live in a moment, right? You can never take what a fan says during a game really true to heart because it's their human reaction, right? They're living in within the game. All they want to see is everybody be successful. So they're going to blur it. Oh, my God, don't turn the ball over right there. That's so stupid. Yeah. It's just they love coming out, right? That's the way they show love. So that's why I don't get frustrated with the Facebook groups that I'm part of and you see certain posts. But when you come to, when you look at the Miami game, the Miami game was very ugly to watch, right? Not a fun game to watch, especially when we come off the Duke game. They having us initiating our offense further away from our pocket. So when you look at UVA basketball, a lot of times, even when Ty was here, and we started using Kihei more as a, as a facilitator and initiator of the offense. Anytime you could confront UVA, it's like a little hash mark that's close to the half-court line, right? If you can confront UVA ball handler and get them to initiate the offense and make a pass from that spot, it's a long pass in which when you're coming off that double-down screen in our block removal offense when we're running it, anytime we have a shooter like one of the coming off that screen, even though we get a good piece of the trailing guard, if you have to make the pass from that hash mark, we can't, it's not a catch and shoot pass anymore because it's so long by the time you catch the ball. Now that guy's coming off that screen and he can get you, get him right on that hip of the shooter. And all shooters hate when a defender's running on that hip because you're kind of drifting away from him. It's not a it's not a catch and shoot, it's like a fade. So a lot of times when we initiate the offense that far away. It turns into a curl or we catch it and we have to reverse the ball to the weak side, right? 
So when the ball, so when the point goes, who's ever initiating the offense passes the ball to Walter Tensei coming off that that down screen on the elbow, they go away. And usually we have a screen from our other big screening whether the previous ball handler passed the ball and they catch it on the opposite elbow. And a lot of times when Ty was still here, he would pass it to Cal or be DeAndre. DeAndre to catch it and throw it to that opposite elbow. We had that screen from Salt. The point guard who passed it to Cal or to DeAndre would get a shot on the opposite elbow on their own catch and shoot. Or it would be a flare we would go through and there'd be another you know, pin down and would come all the way up to the top of the key or that big that was setting that screen, they become available. That's when you see Jay Huff shooting those threes right there at the top of the key. Or when you catch it, we reset, you go back up, you set a screen. Now the big is in the elbow. Regardless, if you can conf- confront our guards earlier, it makes us have to take two or three extra passes. We don't get that pin down jumper that we want. So a lot of teams are starting to confront Kihei more trying to deny him the ball so we have to adjust and we started running a lot of high screen a roll and it's not really a road to score it's just a high screen a roll just to get a switch to get the big on Kihei and then we try to get into our regular offense and with that you get a scramble and you may get a quick pin down on the guard with the big on the block after the screen once we get the ball to the guard that's coming on that either that curl, that flare, or that pop out right down the elbow. So most of the time, we want a Tensei gets and he he doesn't shoot. You kind of see that sometimes we have a matchup with a guard on Jay, and I don't know what type of you know what they're taught because most of the time I'm like, damn, they keep looking them off, and I feel like we got the matchup. But then you notice that quickly if Jay doesn't get the ball, he turns, he looks for the the next guard to come to to reset and do another pin down. And we pass, you know, the ball handler goes to the top of the key and we pass it right back to the elbow. So, um, yeah, man. So I, I, I would like to say I'll give Miami a lot of credit of what they did defensively as far as harassing our guards and now allowing Warden Tensei. Did he change the way that he says name? Am I saying it right? Tomas Warden Tensei is a Tensai now? Like Banzai? With a Tensei, with a Tensai, you know what I'm saying? Let's call him Tomas. T-Dub. It's a W. So, Anytime you got a W, usually Williams, you go W. I'm going to just call him T-Dub. That's the one I'm calling him, T-Dub. So T-Dub, they trying to make sure he don't get his shots. He's just a three-point specialist. That's just what he is. He's not going to dribble too much. I mean, sometimes I'd be like, yo, man, if you ain't shooting, get out. That's how I felt yesterday. Like, damn, if we can't get a shot for him, get him out of there, get more sell in the game. Another guy who could slash. Another guy who could switch off and play lights because lights started getting getting hot. Uh, even though Morcell's shot's not going down, I feel like he'll give you more of a threat as far as catch and drive and his slashing ability. Uh, the fact that Jay was hot early inside and outside. The fact that Momdi could face up and give you shots. I felt like that's when you could put Morcell in the game and allow him to use the athleticism to get to the rim. That's if he wants to be aggressive. He doesn't settle for the mid-range because it's very easy to settle because there's no stress. If a guy's backing off you, that's why you take the jump shot because it's not stressful a lot of guys if you look at it on uh the greek freaking nba or even the ben simmons they'll just continue to close space and they get to the paint and then they use their length but that's a different story but i do want to give miami credit man miami played as well defensively and i wasn't as frustrated with our offense because i saw what they were doing to us defensively um 
Kihei getting the foul trouble didn't help us. And then Braxton had to become more the facilitator. And we asked him to do that with one and a half hands. That hand, that, that left hand, that left wrist is still not, it's not healed yet. But shout out to Jay Huff. Jay Huff gave us 17 in the first half, dog. Jay Huff, you know, we know what he can do. We know what he can do. He can shoot that ball. He can dunk on you. One thing he can't do is be real physical on the block. He can be physical and then give you the jump hook. But he ain't going to be physical, give you that elbow and come right into you and then go up because sometimes he got Whopper Jr. hands. And he was going against a 40-year-old. The dude he was going against was, like, my age. He was 41. Like, you could just tell by the dude's hairline. Like, that dude was old. He must have been in the service, fought over in Iraq or something. We salute him for a service. It's a joke, people. He really ain't. He really he, he really wasn't over in the armed services, but he looked old as hell. Uh, so he had that grown man strength already. Anybody that's, like, 35 and over, you know what grown man strength is. It just comes. One day, you just stronger than what you ever was. Like, it's, like, uh, unbreakable. You know? It's like the Bruce Willis character. He just one day just... Start, got superhuman strength That's what, what happens When you You know 35 years old You can just give them The bench press Just start benching Don't try to bench too much Don't really take What I'm saying serious And go to the gym right now And put 315 on there And damn near die And then want to blame me Cause I didn't tell you To go do it I'm just saying He had this grown man strength But Jay You know He understands his limitations He plays towards them um, even though he was hot Once he got that heat check Three that he took From half court Like he was LeBron James Playing against the 76ers The other night um, Jay didn't hit a shot After that After his heat check He didn't hit a shot um, In the second half You can see They started to press out more But that's when Mamdi got busy Mamdi Diakite is, is a quick cat boy When he face you up Look I need people to give Mamdi Diakite Don't just give him the ball On the baseline Give him, give it to it Like close to the elbow Cause then he got a two way go Mamdi first step is, is, is like that It's explosive And he will dunk on you Mamdi Dunk on him dog Just dunk That's it One dribble dunk Mamdi could dunk too Like Mamdi is athletic When it comes to Flying through the air Like Jay did Oh and salute to Jay For dunking on All the Duke campus Here at JPJ Every little Cameron crazy They had All the little Duke fans Here in Charlottesville He dunked on all y'all Versus Duke That dunk Was out of this world And it should have been An and one But back to this game Mamdi Is the guy that Held it down for us In the second half Got us through Um, The offense Execution was putrid I think Miami Definitely played a role In that um, I think we took some ill-advised shots. We took some very tough shots. The announcer said it during the game. I felt like uh, it was out of character to a lot of shots that we were taking. Um, and I think Coach Bennett is a guy that doesn't really rip you in front of company. I think he knows how to communicate and reach his players to where um, he knows how to motivate them when they're playing dumb, in his opinion. Um, and when you listen to the guys after the game, they understand that uh, what they are. You know, it's 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 that it's that honesty that they have with themselves is that even though they were struggling versus Miami, they knew that that was their type of game. If it's an ugly game, Virginia knows this is their type of game. If they're trading buckets and playing fast, they know this is not our game. We can't sustain this. And that takes a lot of moxie, man. That takes a lot of guts to understand that we're limited. Tomas is an outside shooter. Kihei can hit a three here and there. Braxton give you a three here and there. Uh, Jay is very capable of shooting a three, but his mentality isn't to be aggressive shooting the ball from three. Like, Jay doesn't – like, as, as many tools as Jay Huff has, he doesn't have the mentality yet to truly understand, like, yo, just kill. 
Like mom did a takeover. Like mom, look, let me tell you something. You get a ball, get a ball to two five, and two five been hitting some buckets. You're not getting the back. He going to the cup. Two five got that. Yeah, let's go. Jay had that. Yeah, let's go. And he settled, right? Like, all right, I done hit a, I done, I done hit and took enough shots. Nah, Jay, I wanted you to just come out. Like, even if Jay would have came out and missed, just the aggressiveness and the response from the defense is what we started to get, even though he didn't shoot, right? So even though Jay didn't shoot, he started getting more attention where the big had to really rush out. And that's why I'm glad that Mamdi understood, stopped settling for jumpers and stopped trying to, you know, get down too deep in the cup and show that you're strong for your wiry frame. Like, no, still catch the ball extended, but face up and use that quickness because the other big can't afford to help anymore. So that's the great thing about getting Jay going early. I'd rather Jay get going early than Mamdi get get going because Jay doesn't have that sudden quickness to face up and beat this guy off the dribble. So if Mamdi's going early, you got to rely that Jay can hit the open shot. Versus if Jay is getting going early, Mamdi can hit the open shot and blow by you. So it's a two for one. Now with Jay, you could just throw it up too. Get him in a pick and roll situation with Kihei. And, and the guards from Miami started doing a better job on the pick and roll as far as uh, trailing and playing towards the middle where the roller was at versus trailing and playing towards Kihei's outside hand. So when they plan towards Kihei's outside hand, the big can show, but he can kind of show late. And once they get in that la-la land, you force Kihei to go up for a layup. Now, Kihei has the big beat, but he doesn't see the guard that's on his outside shoulder trailing, and they started blocking the shot that way. So that was the great adjustment for Miami on the pick and roll. Trail Kihei, but instead of trying to overtake him to his inside hip to where he can see you, and now you can kind of bump off the big and, and allow us to throw the alley up to Jay, you trail Kihei, get on that outside shoulder, Tell the guy who's checking water Tensei, don't come off. Kihei feels like he has the big beat, but he doesn't see the guard that's trailing behind him. That's why he started seeing Kihei come off the screen and kind of dribble, dribble, and back up to try to see if he can feel that the guard's behind him. If the guard's behind him, then he would kind of wait and give you a nice little bounce pass to the big versus the alley-oop. Any team wants to stop the alley-oop off the pick and roll. It's a cheat code. Like, Jay Huff's a cheat code. Nobody in America can jump with Jay Huff once you throw it up in there. He's already over seven feet, but he got bunnies. So, yeah, man. Overall, I just thought that versus Miami, it was an ugly game. I don't think it was a trap game. I think, you know, the 9 p.m. tip-off was a little different. You down there at 305. Being down in Miami is different. I don't care. I don't care what nobody say. Playing down, playing on Florida teams is tough when you up here in Virginia. Period. You can be focused all you want to. It's just it's just it just hit a little different. The the food different, the sweets is different, the sun is different, everything's different when you go down to the 305. It's just a little different. So salute to the boys for winning. They got Louisville coming up, senior night. Um, definitely gonna try to be in the building for that. My man Mama did Kite being sent off, White Mumba being sent off, Braxton Key being sent off, among some others. Uh but who would have thunk it, man, that the Hoos would be right here, top four in the ACC in a rebuilding year, and I don't think that's a knock on them. That's just when you lose three NBA talented guys. Um, you do rebuild. 
you've either you you either rebuild and get smacked or you rebuild in a sense that you're still very competitive and you still have some winning ways, but it doesn't reach what you had the previous year. So saying that this team is in a rebuilding year is just saying they just reclip they clipping up. They got different bullets. You know, that's it. That's a little violent. Um, but it's just like, you know, you got that new toy. It's like that you want the new and improved toy, but you got to bridge the gap. But that's all I got for y'all, man. It's the Ball Hawk. Appreciate y'all, man. If you want to subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show podcast, uh, just go to anchor.fm, search the Ball Hawk Show. And once you start to follow the show, if you want to support the show, it's a support option to where you can, you know, donate a dollar a month, five dollars a month to the show, man. Everything's appreciated. Appreciate everybody that goes to stajuice.com. And purchases the Shut the Hell Up Juice Apparel, the Be Great Today Apparel, and also the Petty Hawk Apparel. Um, go to MyHawkins.com for anything that's related to my brand, whether it's my TV work, whether it's my one-on-one interviews. Um, everything's right there in that one hub. Just go to MyHawkins.com, and there you go, man. Appreciate everybody. Two for one Easter egg episode. Nobody thought that I'd break down the Duke game along with this Miami game. We out of here. Peace. I want the whole world spin my record. Cheryl, the hood stars, check game, stay free records. Show the girl fed the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat concert, cause I massage. I come and do about a whole kind of large. I be massaging. I be massaged. I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging. Yeah, both subconsciously massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch croaker fish, cause I'm massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Trip out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging. I got ice around my neck, cause I'm massaging. Or even gold teeth, I massaging. A pinky ring iced out, cause I'm massaging. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty-two cents and be massaging. I take a penny and be massaging. I tell shorty girl fat, I be massaging. Your big tooth, I be massaging. I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole share road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a trail gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the poop all night, cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole cheese. We massage, bad new party constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Chateau Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game. On how to get rich, take a penny and flip a penny, then 40 billion. Uh-huh. Why I be massaging? What car steering wheel? I be massaging the whole, the whole label of the state free records in the VA. Oh, we be massaging. Let's have a money shot.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.